0: Everybody, welcome to the Linux Cast. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Tyler. And I'm Josh. And I'm Steve O. Alright. <laughs> I took a week off and I completely forgot how to do podcasts. It's fantastic. Alright, anyways, this is the Linux Cast. We talk about Linuxy things, and uh, that's what we plan on doing today. We have some news. We have some. Uh, thingies of the week that will come up later, which are pretty cool, so make sure you stick around for that. If you want to get in contact with us, you can do so, email at linuxcast.org. that is the best place to get in contact with us. If you want to find more about the contact information, we'll do some more of that later. So uh, yeah, a new intro that I thought up just there, right off the top of my head, I'm brilliant at improvising, can't you tell? Anyways, (laughs) (laughs) uh, so before we jump into the news, we always go around the table and ask briefly what we've done in the world of floss this week so steve why don't you take us off i'm sure there's something very interesting that you've been doing all week i'm sure it has nothing to do with the steam deck
1: <laughs> <laughs> i finally have you a friend me a,
2: you, i have a new friend my precious
1: <laughs> and and uh, we're going to get a zero linux image made just for the deck later it's going to be called a uh, zero deck for josh
2: well oh, well nice.
1: you, no 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 no
2: Josh is uh, onto something here because uh, I don't know if you guys heard Chimera OS 39 just got released and they're using the Steam Deck UI just like Holo ISO. Uh, really? I went to, and I went to the AUR because me being me and an AUR nerd, I, I found their packages on there. We can build them, we can, co- we can compile them, and we can include them on our distro. But I was like, uh, why do I want to go and open up another can of worms? So uh, to, to to be in between, I enabled zero Linux default rice on the desktop mode on the Steam Deck because I had to. Uh, it's it's me in the end. I like to tinker, but uh, Tyler brought up uh, something earlier. Uh, it Well, next update what might undo all the love I have given this little thing. I will have to redo, reapply love. It's like, oh, it's an opportunity to to give some love. Okay, I would do it over and over
3: and over again. Josh oh, has girlfriend. the clickiest
0: keyboard and mouse in the history of the world. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm
3: sorry. I love, I love that you said it because I kept hearing it and I was like, I don't know what that. Uh, like, uh, I, th- I thought it was genuinely like, I was hearing shit. No, he's like he has like he,
0: has, he there. There's the blue switches and then there's Josh switches.
3: <laughs> I'm well, sorry,
0: Steve just like, like in the middle They're of the that's it, what it, it is it was just it's like somebody like smacking the entire keyboard
2: <laughs> sorry and here you go zero linux on style on the steam deck uh so uh yeah i'm enjoying it uh and uh sorry i need to apologize to everyone publicly sorry for being a um a total a hypocrite well, I, I was a total hypocrite for, for judging the Steam Deck for not being able to do things that it does marvelously. Uh, it has replaced my um, my store computer, and I do everything on this thing except building packages because the repositories are out of date. But other than that, it's doing everything marvelously. It does YouTube great, no screen tearing, no nothing. I don't know what voodoo magic they did to, uh, to make everything work. And uh, as we were discussing with Tyler, I don't judge uh, the deck for being too old on packages. They do that for a reason, as Tyler said earlier. Mm -hmm. Uh, They do it for a reason. They want to keep the thing stable. So don't expect uh, to ever be as up-to-date as actual Arch.
3: So, uh, but I will in- say, in your own defense, though, it is insane what you can do with the deck and how it performs. Like, you you don't expect it to perform like it does. Like, it, it, uh, you don't. They did Black You, don't. you simply don't.
2: It's, it's, it's a little tiny thing, and to negate what, uh, what what Matt said before, that it's heavier than he expected... Well, it's light. To me, it's the opposite. I don't know what's with me and the opposite of Matt, but it's lighter than I expected.
3: <laughs> me so, too. Uh, especially uh, with how big it is, because like when you set it next to a switch, you're like, "Oh, that, that thing's beefy as hell." And it doesn't feel like that. I especially don't have in your a hands. switch to
0: compare it to, so first of all, there, there's that. <laughs> when I first picked it up, it just felt heavier than it, I expected, and it's it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's and also a big
3: device. So the, the
0: the thing that I expected to happen if I got the ste- the deck happened exactly as I expected it to. It did not change my gaming habits whatsoever. Do I do I game more than I did before? Eh, kinda. Every once in a while, I remember I have a Steam deck and go play a game. Um, but well,
2: I I don't. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be honest. I don't I don't play as uh, as many as much. I don't game on it as much as people would expect me to. Uh, I enjoy the desktop mode much more. I uh,
0: the, the funny thing is, I have yet to actually go into the desktop mode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs>
2: um, well, I I repla- I replaced uh, bash with zsh. So, um, and yeah. this is my tool my tool the zero Linux tool running on the deck. Uh, so, a lot of the parts of the features that it has worked on the Steam Deck right off the bat. So, uh, this is another thing. So I'm very in in many ways I'm very close to creating a zero deck version version of zero linux because there's nothing to do
1: with a desktop <laughs> you, could,
2: you could you could just take a,
0: write a script that people could download that would apply all your settings to the image that's there
1: and then make sure having, that you yeah. put a curl pipe in the bash command on your on the git page. Definitely,
0: definitely do that.
1: <laughs> definitely. And make sure that it executes as root. All right. I, <laughs> yeah,
0: I, 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 had, I attempted
1: All
0: right.
2: I, you're joking, but I, I attempted building uh, compiling a kernel on this. It only t- uh, took 9 hours, but
3: yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh,
2: don't don't,
0: don't
3: be like uh- that.
2: Don't come on,
0: like man. Him. You
3: you could've waited, man. I had a mouthful of coke and I about spit it all over my keyboard. Um, all right,
0: let's stop talking about this the, the deck. I am gonna go next. Uh, I'm not gonna talk about the same deck. Instead I'm going to be talking about Red Core Linux for from... me. <laughs> this is dumb this dumbass challenge. So first of all, uh kudos to the developer who is like really responsive now. He's in My Discord, he's helped people who are following this challenge with me get their setup back and running when the kernel boinked or whatever. Um, So kudos to that. And uh, for me personally, it's actually running fairly well. Knock on some wood. Um, I am on the unstable branch of the or the I'm actually actually moved to the branch of Redcore that actually follows Gentoo testing now, so I'm getting more updates, which is nice. Uh, KDE is still just not working for me (laughs) like it it came back the other day after 527.1 came out for like half an hour and i walked away from the computer as i you know do sometimes and came back and kwin was completely gone um and i've been told that it's Mm. not kwin that's causing that problem so i don't know if that's true i did file a bug report so we'll see if 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 that you know works but we'll we'll Katie just it hates me. It, it it absolutely hates me. But anyways, I'm I'm using Qtile now right now, so um, I'm enjoying Qtile. And I've taken a challenge from one of my patrons to use Xmonad Whoa. for a while. So
2: weren't uh, you weren't you on i3
0: like a day a few days ago? I like switching things, dude. I have serious ADD. <laughs> I change prices Whoa. every single day just because I want something to look different. Um and uh, yeah, Xmonad's coming up next
3: and I, I haven't you, had the courage. I, I'm to... sorry, I do have to, I do have to interject cuz I I do have a pretty important question. Do you already have an Xmonad config set up? I do. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I just don't have it on this computer and I don't have
0: an Xmonad uh, um I re- I try so I figured I'd get halfway through the pain of installing Xmonad on on uh 2 basically by installing Pandoc, which is also risk- written in Haskell. So Pandoc pulls down the basically the entire Haskell library so I figured well you know if I have that you know xmonad won't take nearly as long to compile uh but pandoc failed halfway through and I have no <laughs> idea why so uh, I, I don't have a lot of hope for xmonad actually compiling maybe I I haven't looked you know, so it's possible that there's an xmonad binary out there um but I, like I said, I haven't looked, so it's, it's possible. But if there, even if it is possible, is there an X monad contrib binary, which is probably not going to happen. But even even if it does have a binary, uh, there's contrib binary be...
1: does exist.
0: Well, I know it, I know it exists. I just don't know how. it... I don't know. It, I have like I said, I haven't tried. I haven't had the you know test testicular fortitude to actually download uh, X monad and get started on. Because I'm I'm 100 positive that the configuration that I have which is over a year old at this point probably doesn't work given the fact that they you know, probably do updates so um yeah that's going to be
2: yes I am use dt a... use dt's config <laughs> no
0: <laughs> yeah. i tried is... I, I tried that once that man puts a lot of stuff in his configuration yes. file that you don't need um so um, I'll be starting. It, it is
3: a good place to start, though. Like, well, I, I mean, if you know it, nothing. Hey, Matt. So. If
1: we do a challenge again, I'm going to tell you to use DTOS.
3: <laughs> uh, on Arch,
1: sure. As goes. long as
0: it's not on Gentoo, I'm okay.
2: <laughs> I'm going to do. I'm going to do a six month challenge once uh, GNOME 44 gets released. Ooh. I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick to GNOME for six
3: months. That's next month as a katie diehard yeah. i'm interested to see how that goes um Dude, yeah. me too <laughs> and, <laughs>
0: anyways tyler what have you been doing in the world of floss this week
3: well uh bef- I'm i'm gonna be pretty quick because i haven't done all too much i've been like i've i've had a lot of work stuff going on so i've been uh i mean i've get been, lag. well i mean i got back from a trip to hawaii so uh, like and then immediately once i got back i had a I had so much work stuff to get done, but I, I haven't been messing around with Linux too, too much. Like, I mean, obviously been using it to do work, but haven't messed around and tried a whole bunch of new stuff. Uh, the only thing I will say is Hyperland still, it's still really enjoyable to use. Um, I, I, I've lost a lot of the like honeymoon phase with Hyperland. I'm not I'm not as gung-ho about telling people to use it just just because I'm having a really good time with it, but I know how much it's changing and how much Wayland's constantly changing, so um I don't know, like it's one of those things where I'm really enjoying my time but I have a hard time recommending it to other people cuz most likely, you're probably not going to have an easy time, or something might break, or something might not work right. Um, but um, that's...
2: I can I can I can sorry to interject, but yeah. I I can confirm that the uh, the box uh, three has been updating Hyperland like clockwork, like I, since I host the packages on my repos. Uh, and it's the git packages, not the regular packages. So, uh, well, that's what he recommends time...
3: to use, by the way, if, yeah, if anyone's yeah. watching. So.
2: Yeah. So uh, I went with his recommendation, and he's going to be my guest on the Patreon show uh, next month. So, But the, uh, uh, the fact is I have the git. I don't have to git pull the latest PKG build because it's a uh, git package. I just build. It will automatically grab the latest. Every sometimes twice a day there are updates to yep. to Wayland uh, to uh, I mean to, to Hyperland Land.
3: yeah
2: yeah so that guy is working around the clock on yeah. on Hyperland it's yeah. it's a great
3: thing to see it it really is a it's a really nice window window manager compositor like or oh, whatever it it's it's really nice um so yeah I've been enjoying that um and. Pretty much the only other thing that I definitely wanted to make sure to say was thank you so much, uh, Matt, for adding testicular fortitude to my lexicon. I I genuinely had never thought of those two words going together, (laughs) but... I'm going to use that (laughs) in a lot of ways in the future. (laughs) I love it.
0: You're welcome. I'm 100% sure I got that from a book someplace. I don't remember which one. But yeah, (laughs) definitely. It's a a good saying. All right, so Josh – Round us out. Uh, what you, you do? I, I've week? got
1: some spicy stories, starting from uh, basically since the last time you guys saw me on the, on this channel. Uh, because the first thing I did was uh, I ran butterfs convert on my file system, so that way I could get off this crappy file system that has ext4 and get on the world's greatest file system, uh, which you know, it actually worked surprisingly. <laughs> do, you, do you think that will work on Redcore? Uh, it it might actually. Uh, you've got a newer version of ButterFS Progs than I do, so
0: I I desperately yeah. want ButterFS because I, I miss snapshots so bad.
1: Well, you can try it. Uh, worst that, worst that happens, don't worry, man. I've got the USB key for you right here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All you gotta do is pop in some Ventoy. You got it, man. <laughs>
1: All right. But anyways, uh, so uh, I ran the ButterFS uh file system conversion, and uh, I've I've got the Arc GPU at the ready here for me. I'll explain later in in the show. And uh, let's see, uh, I've submitted seven bug reports, three of which go directly against KDE, uh, one of them being SDDM, because SDDM, for some reason, does not like multi GPU systems. Who knew? (laughs)
3: SDDM is so finicky. It really is. Yeah, it, it is surprisingly finicky. Especially surprisingly
1: so. finicky. And uh, if you're using an integrated G- integrated graphics on a on an Intel GPU and you have an and uh, you have an AMD GPU and uh, you try to install like uh, the packages on Debian to you know enable the Quick Sync encoder on the Intel GPU, it, SDDM will attempt to draw the entire u- user environment with the integrated GPU, which my motherboard actually displays the video output of. <laughs> so well, uh, when not, not I, I only that
2: get... not only that SDDM is yeah. finicky with uh, Nvidia cards as well hybrid and uh, systems with Nvidia Intel uh, when you install lightdm everything is fine and dandy but sddm just doesn't like hybrid graphics mm-hmm.
0: Just use Stardex, guys.
3: <laughs> I <mean>, love, <laughs> uh, I, I love that. I love that's that's the not argument how to it fix works. It.
1: That's not how it works. I'm using bone stock Debian. It's the only thing that I set up was like a basic Arc theme, except that I did convert it to ButterFS, but whatever. But anyways, uh, after after I got that the bug port submitted and, and accomplished, uh, I updated a couple backup scripts. That way, my backups actually work reliably now. Yay. I actually have an offsite backup, uh, and then I had I got uh another YouTuber really mad at me again. Happens about every six months.
3: Yeah, this is this is
1: not news to me. You upset <laughs> <Yep>. someone. <laughs> uh, so what I've got here is I've got my lighter fluid here just in case. <laughs> just in case.
0: All right. Okay. <laughs> all right so that is uh the first round of the, the podcast it's time for us to move on to the news so as i don't really know who we we've been kind of rotating who goes first so why don't we say, say josh you go first
1: why not oh okay well then i'll get right into it the reason why i have this gpu is because linux 6.2 came out which means that our intel arc gpu drivers are actually in the mainline kernel now and i don't have to pull from some weird ubuntu ppa
0: okay Great way of making the news about you.
1: I'm just... You're welcome. <laughs> I, I have my I fix a kit at the ready, as well as the backup screwdriver. I'm ready for uh, this.
0: I, 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 just I want even to a... have
1: the kernel downloaded, and I'm going to be compiling it right after this podcast. I want to be the first to be the per- person to say
0: this, that there's no way that that GPU actually works well on Linux. Just going to put that out there. It doesn't even work well on Windows, so I don't know how you're expecting it to work well on, on Linux. So
1: we'll find out. So, all right. So what's the actual
0: <laughs> news? Could you? Is that like all there is in 6.2 to be excited about? Or
1: uh, there's quite a bit. Let's see here. Some normal uh, file system improvements. Uh, let's see here. There's. Isn't this Apparently. the one that
0: includes all the stuff for uh, Apple Silicon shit?
1: Uh, yes. The we do have uh, the Asahi patches as well. Uh, it's. It doesn't have like the most up-to-date Sahi patches it just has some it just has like uh like uh you don't get the uh, GPU driver or anything but uh, you at least have enough enough of a kernel there to actually be able to boot a system on an m1 Mac also can I ask a good question why is the article that you sent us from Christmas that's a good question um
0: like, one of the paragraphs starts off even if it is Christmas Day I was like wait a minute I don't think that it's actually Christmas Day did uh, I miss something me, again let me find a new I've, link
3: here I've guys I read the article I read the article and I didn't even catch that like, like
1: okay okay I have I have grabbed an updated article for you I I posted it in the chat let me, let me, let me push commit to the notes here for you and get it fixed I know okay I panicked, all right. <laughs>
2: like,
0: like, like all this time, the the real problem is Josh has been living in the past. He's, he's a, he he's in Debbie, and that's the reason why he's so
1: far behind. <laughs> You've got that right. I just updated the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) That's so fun. Okay. (laughs) But anyways, uh, there, there's a new user space API for IO memory management units. Uh, there's some, there's a couple security improvements as well as introducing a landlocked security mode that allows, uh, file truncation operations and implements faster mitigations for, uh, stuff like a rep lead inspector and such. And, uh, Honestly, like normal, whenever I link a news article with some kind of an update, there's way too many updates for us to cover on, on just one episode.
0: Right, and it's the kernel ones are always like that. They yeah. always have these little things like that you have to cover. Um, Here's my thing is that I have stopped caring about Linux kernel updates because my hardware never changes. Um, like I have the same old hardware that I've had for ages, and none of this stuff ever applies to me. The, the, only, the only reason a kernel update would actually apply, make me actually care would be as if it broke. My
1: system. I'm sorry, I have two of these. Do you want me to send one to you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I've heard
0: so many horror stories. I've got the about... box for it right here. <laughs> I, I have so many. I've heard so many horror stories about that um, yeah. stuff on Windows. So I'm, I'm not expecting you to do it on Linux. Same.
2: All okay. Right.
0: Um, I I I know for for your sake, I hope it goes really really well. Um, and you don't.
3: Uh, y- throw away uh, your
0: 6 months challenge and move to Gen 2 or Arch or something. Oh, no, we're going to be sticking to Debian. That's why we're compiling a kernel. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, I hope it fails so you have to top. All right, uh, let's go ahead and go to Steve. Steve, your first one.
2: My first one is also a a kernel-related topic. Uh, It's the uh, kernel 6.3 because it adds something that is uh related to moi me uh it's uh linux 6.3 bringing proper support for the 8 bit dough pro 2 wired controller which i do have uh so uh for steam os uh the 8 bit 2 pro wired controller has been advertising steam os and raspberry pi os support to which it has worked when running the uh, generic hd driver however this controller does not support multiple con- uh, controller modes and when switching to the x input mode there were uh, it was problematic for a lot of users uh, so they have ended up using uh, usb ga- another usb gaming controller now it's going to be integrated in linux 6 point, the uh, linux 6.3 kernel so that's good news for me because I own that controller. I own the Do Pro Two and the wireless version, uh, the wired and wireless version. So, I, and I play a lot of retro gaming, but now with the Steam Deck, uh, I am questioning s- why do I need it. <laughs> I'm astonished that they haven't gotten
0: sued by Nintendo. I'm just saying it looks like an it looks like a it, one of the NES controllers. with right that's
3: so close. Uh, yeah,
2: it's <laughs> that that was the point when they created
3: so it. That it, was it, the point.
0: It's like they took an NES controller and then like pasted like the bottom half of a PlayStation controller to it. Yep. <laughs> that that was mean, that it, was the point from the get-go. Yeah. I mean, Nintendo sues everybody, even if you look half like Mario, they're gonna sue
2: you. So they're gonna they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna sue they're gonna sue uh, uh, Retroflag for doing this for the for the Raspberry Pi. It's an actual. Thing. Well, Trust probably.
3: me. Trust me, Nintendo. I would not put it past them at all. They, like,
1: sh- I mean, Nintendo will DMCA Twitch streamers. So <laughs> yeah. they, they, they sue.
0: They put a. They sent a cease and desist. L- Somebody put together a race, like a like some kind of like real world race where people were dressing up as the characters in like Japan or something like that to race the, like Mario Kart but in like real life. They sued them to stop that. <laughs> <laughs> like it hurt what? nobody. They made no money whatsoever whatsoever. It didn't cost them money. Well, well <laughs> they, they sued them.
2: that thing has been out for three years now, so uh, if they wanted well, to sue them, they would have sued them by now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, they'll get yeah.
3: around to well, it eventually. Exactly, <laughs> exactly what I was gonna say. They'll get around to. It. But
2: anyway, that's that's good news for me. But now with the hey, Steam Matt? Deck, I Matt? I shouldn't worry about it. What, mm-hmm. Matt? Hi. I have a
1: problem. What? I see that top bar. What Up on the upper right corner where it says 100 updates?
0: Yeah, the the, the Q tile the, the,
1: the Qtile modules.
0: The module is broken. Um, I don't know where it's actually finding on it, but I only had three yesterday, and it did three, and now I ha- now you do Emerge, you know, World or whatever, and you get nothing. Um, all right, all right,
1: all right. Well, I just, I just figured I'd share my screen for the mandatory NeoFetch. Okay. <laughs> the mandatory NeoFetch. We, we can continue. It's part of the challenge. See? There there it is.
2: So uh, that's uh, that uh, news article, uh, that update will impact me, uh, So. Yeah, I love that thing. It's so good, and it's a rechargeable battery and everything. And and you have so many little program tweaks, and you can program the whole thing via software. Which, if you run it via Wine using Wine, it works. You can I can update this this thing's firmware using a Windows applic- uh, firmware updating application. Thanks to uh, uh, as Android. a
1: director, X input. Uh,
2: it's amazing. I uh, I used it on the Steam Deck. Uh, it, it works in X input and, well, not amazing. Okay. Not as a um, uh, they, they have a point in the article, whereas uh, it, when they say that in X input, it jumps around a lot uh, because I'm using the basic driver, not the actual driver. But now with the actual driver with 6.3, if they update the Steam Deck, Next year, <laughs> to six point uh, six point <laughs> three, uh, I'll be able to use that thing with no issues because, dude, just the buttons on these things are amazing. They're better than the Steam Deck. <laughs> They're way better than the Steam Deck. So
3: how much is that controller?
2: I bought it for thirty bucks back okay. Uh, okay. three years ago. So when I first per-
0: it says in the article that it's thirty five dollars now. So, it's not, yeah. not too expensive. All yeah. right, Tyler. Your first link of the day.
3: N- now I'm nervous because uh, apparently I'm, I'm missing Neil stuff. First mandatory
0: neofetch is on the screen. It's there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um.
3: Well, now I'm nervous because uh, apparently I'm missing stuff in each article. I didn't even see the price. Uh, like, whatever. I'll just go into mine. Hopefully, I didn't miss critical information. Reading is but, hard, man. <laughs> yes, it is. So my first article is uh, Google uh, Google Chrome's new memory saving mode is now available for linux Um, uh yes this is somewhat big news for especially people with like lower like you know you've, you've just got lower ram it especially if you're using something like a netbook this is a this is a really nice feature it's finally been added to the linux release of chrome and so you'll be able to what it essentially does is it just frees up memories uh frees up the memory taken from tabs that are not actually being used but just running in the background Mm. and and reallocates it hopefully smoothing out the experience for the actual tab that you're in so it, it it's really not To be honest, I feel like most people aren't going to need or benefit from this, especially on desktop systems. You most likely have enough RAM to manage your browser. But as we all know, browsers are freaking memory hogs. So, any, like to me, any attempt to get that under control is good. So, uh, yeah, this is a nice update for all Uh, of us. Like, I
2: can confirm, I can confirm what. The, the article says because they implemented it already in a 5.7 update of uh, Vivaldi. Uh, uh, and with me opening so many tabs, like right now, I got 36 tabs open. Uh, uh, I noticed uh, that it usually, when I have 36 tabs open, I notice a little bit of sluggishness when dragging the window around. Uh, well, no, that no longer happened. Uh, so. Uh, and I don't use tab stacks, and uh, whatever Matt uses.
0: I have 36 <laughs> tabs open in one of my groups.
2: Yeah, uh, I just close my tabs. I don't use, 13, 14, I don't,
1: I don't 14, use groups.
2: 48.
1: Yeah, I don't Y'all use I group aliens I use compared to that, me. That, this, is, this is how I manage my memory in my web browser. I
3: close it lame <laughs> like y'all y'all are aliens to me like i genuinely like the statement usually when i have 36 tabs open like to, to me that was so alien I'm like, okay so I, I have a couple I things to say. first
0: of that. all vivaldi already had a, f- a feature like this it's not exactly the same but they already had yes a hibernation feature uh, uh edge uh, has also had a hibernation feature for Ever since it came out,
2: but it now so works better. Is, but it now works better with this um, implementation. The
0: other thing that I want I want to say is that I hope this is one of those things that Firefox will actually copy, and then I'm looking forward to instead of the, like the stupid extensions menu that every other browser has. That Firefox decided they had to have, um, and they you know pisses me off, but whatever, it's okay. Yeah,
2: Matt, yeah. and up. and and also yeah. also the fact that Plasma 5.27 became twice more snappy than it ever was. Uh, and with me not having a lot of issues except that common issue that I keep talking about minus that issue, everything has become, I I felt, I feel like I'm running a window manager now uh, when running uh, plasma, because it's so, so snappy. Just don't use that. Just don't use that tiling thing that they implemented.
3: But (laughs) that's kind of the, that's kind of the impressive thing is it seems like, especially because like, these kinds of updates to programs that are addressing Mem- memory hogging yeah. or just just system hogging in general it's getting more and more common which is like it's actually really nice cuz for uh, for a long time it it it's been feeling like these major programs like that most people use and they're not they're not small programs at all are constantly adding more and more features and never given a shit about optimizing so it's nice to hear stuff like this i i don't to me i don't think ironically uh, this matters that much because like as matt was saying a lot of other browsers already had features like this now again they didn't work probably as good as this because let's be honest google has way too many engineers working on this type of shit i'm sure they could pull off a little (laughs) bit of an improvement so it but it 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 is nice to see this stuff being implemented because there's so many browsers that pull from chrome and add stuff on top of base chrome so it for a lot of the people using stuff that's downstream from chrome i'm sure this is a, a an even more impactful update than pretty much anything else chrome's added in the past year or two so it's good to hear uh i'm glad that i'm glad that they're finally addressing the fact that memory is an issue with chrome that's that's nice hopefully they continue and it only gets better yeah at least with my hope fingers crossed
0: all that being said, use Firefox. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> I use right. Firefox ESR. I don't know this tab menu bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is that, Firefox 90?
0: <laughs> uh, it's,
1: it's like 102 or something like that. Let me yeah, check. It,
0: it was a while ago. <laughs>
1: um, uh, 102.8. I love that the ESR
0: still exists and that they, they keep that around because a lot of times when Firef- when they introduce new features for stupid reasons, they break stuff. And going back to the ESR is like the I, only way I, he actually. Police Firefox.
2: I know people. No. I know people still using Firefox before they started jumping uh, ten releases ahead. I think it, uh, the latest one he uh, he's using is 14, 14.2 or something. What? Yeah.
3: Four. I two, hope
0: he. I hope he does all of his banking in that. No <laughs> Say, banking. He does... No, but no. It's
2: just for Amazon and stuff. But
0: yeah, oh, I'm gonna put my credit card
2: information right
0: in there. <laughs> Holy crap! Like that is
2: <laughs> hell out. of No, day. because because there are some websites that on modern versions of uh, Firefox they act weird. So he decided to keep a portable version of 14. Whatever uh, or was it 26. point Something? It was I think 26. 26. Dot something uh and he 14 26 brother that's
3: so old (laughs) yeah yeah because they they did did. some extensions
0: from 80 to 100 when chrome went to 100 so if he's using 14 or even 26 that was from like 10 years ago
2: yeah because some extensions that he relies on like uh one of them is the uh, the thing for the colorizing the tabs in different colors like you highlight on a on a book, uh, uh, that extension uh, broke after 26. So he wants to keep using it. So he's still using it on a. But it's it, we're he, talking Windows there's here. All, there, there's portable also version. Four
0: different people that, are, that have his name now and using all of his information.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I he, mean, if, it, if, it, if it's working for him and he's getting by.
2: Yeah, and it's a portable. That's version. impressive. That's not his main browser. It's just a portable version for a certain purpose. His main browser is, uh, well, something that no, none of you have heard of.
1: It's okay. It's called, so it, called Yellow Browser.
2: It's called Yellow Browser. Oh,
1: I've heard of it that one.
2: It used to be
0: on
1: I iPhone.
2: It used to be on iPhone, but now it's available for Windows.
0: It's like Dolphin Browser back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> it still exists. All right, moving on to the next one. This is mine. Before we jump into the contact information, Uh, so Ubuntu has announced the availability of the of real time Ubuntu. Now, when I first saw this, I was like, "Real time Ubuntu? Are they going rolling release?" Like, no, that's not what it is. Basically, what they're doing is they're implementing a new kernel based on well, it's uh, it's a real time kernel based on 5.15 LTS that is for certain. Aspects of the aerospace, automotive, defense, and IoT industries, where, uh, according to OMG Ubuntu, that they rely on more agile, low-latency computing. Whatever that's supposed to mean. Maybe Josh can explain this to me because I don't really understand what the okay, hell that means. Okay, so
1: it, it's all about the scheduler set for, for the kernel. I, and honestly, I'm just only going to like barely scratch the surface. But the, a lot of times when you people when people are talking about like a real-time Linux kernel, it's it's actually retaining more towards uh, audio rather than the airline industries. But basically, the way – the colonel the, the – why am I making noises here? You. <laughs> silence yourself. You're just supposed to display a Neofetch. But anyways, uh,
0: so – I didn't even the, notice he has his Neofetch behind him. <laughs> <laughs> I saw
1: it. You're uh, welcome. I, I have a SUSE-branded uh, first aid kit too.
0: Next time, I'm going to put Neofetch on, on the
1: computer behind me. I'm just – there. Of course, welcome. It, won't, it but, won't be
0: Redcore,
1: so. <laughs> but anyways, anyways, uh, so how the Linux kernel works is that it places everything into an ordered list for of processes that 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 it would feed your processor. When what what the real time patch that does is it basically sets a priority, uh, of where it's just like, hey, I I see that you're looking for, you're. I see that you uh, you have a high demand of ban- of a network bandwidth. Let's prioritize that over, you know, like maybe your browser tab. You know, because maybe that's a little bit more important. That's basically that's basically what it does in in like the most ba- basic stupid person example possible. And uh basically what it does is it cuts down on latency between machines or between services that are run locally on the computer. And uh which is something you can actually test yourself, Matt. With, you know, that clap thing that we do every now and then, you might be able to uh, look at the raw recording, and if you actually t- pay close enough attention, you might see that there's a slight delay in the audio compared to the video on your local recording of us.
0: Well, I mean, OBS always has a delay, because OBS is shit. Um... <laughs> The O M G Ubuntu article did crap at explaining that, by the way. That's the reason why you're I was welcome. confused, because all all it said w- was that exact thing that it, where where access to an agile, low latency computing offered is a deterministic real time kernel is, excuse the wordplay, a real time requirement. Thank you for thank you Joey for being very very informative. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know you're not writing to a technical audience, but a, a few extra details there might actually be. You know, <laughs> Can we ahead. get some elaboration, <laughs> please? <laughs> and then it just, and, and then the only primary source quotation that he uses: "The real-time Ubuntu kernel delivers industrial-grade performance and resilience, and for software-defined manufacturing, monitor and operational tech."
2: That's <laughs> that's use of te- tech uh, mumbo jumbo.
0: Thank you, thank you, Mark, for that high-quality marketing speech, which says absolutely nothing. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. So that is, that is the first half of the show. Time to move on to the contact information, as usual. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, you can do so in any number of ways. I mean, there are so many different ways you can get in contact with us. The best way probably is to go to the linuxcast.org where is the website. You'll find the latest and greatest. Episodes all linked there, all the way back to season one. If you want to go spelunking back into the the, to the archives, they're all linked there, except for the first three, which are uh, mysteriously missing. Uh, To 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 be returned and come out of the Disney vault eventually, I'm sure. Um, It would be nice to see.
2: It would be nice to see you without glasses.
0: (laughs) um, Yeah, that was. There was no video back then, so you don't have to worry about it. We we didn't have video back in 2017. What are you talking about, man? Come on.
1: (laughs) I had video back in 2017.
0: I'm sure you you did, but the rest of us did not bother to record the video because there wasn't even a, a YouTube channel in 2017. Anyways... Moving on, uh, you can subscribe to the Linuxcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash linuxcast. You can find Tyler, who's on YouTube, doesn't make YouTube videos very often because he has real jobs now. Lame. I'm winning the uh, content game. Uh, uh, YouTube. <laughs> First of all, no, you are not. Um, no, I mean, you're beating me, you're Matt, not. but I'm not. definitely beating Zany. Uh,
1: yeah. Not
0: a high bar. Uh, YouTube.com slash the Matt, you're an asshole. Uh, I, I even said the wrong link there. YouTube.com slash where you'll find Tyler. Josh has – you can find all of his contact information at tenleyj.com slash stalker. Steve has multiple things that we usually talk about, but the best one to find him on YouTube is YouTube, YouTube.com slash at – Zero Linux, zero with an X, not a Z. Those letters are not the same. Uh, You can find all of this stuff if you don't want to, you know, type it in from memory at linuxcastorg slash contact. Now, one thing that I will say is if you go to previous episodes of this show, like prior to a couple weeks ago, and thank you, j Dog, for pointing this out. I had the absolute wrong email address linked there for the entirety of the show. Uh, it <laughs> said email at the Linuxcast.com, which does not exist. So I always wondered, hey, wonder why don't we don't get very many emails? Maybe that's the reason why. Uh, <laughs> it is fixed now. <laughs> or, it probably actually is not fixed because I probably forgot to fix it in the copy-paste thing. So it's probably not fixed in this one either, which is utter hilarity. I'll fix that later. Um it's it's just one of those mistakes where you get pointed out, like, Ethan, yeah, like, we've only been doing this for five years and they're all wrong. That's <laughs> great. Anyways, that's the contact information. Time to move back on to the rest of the news. Steve, your second link.
2: My second link is uh, KDE multi monitor support continues to be improved. And as a multi monitor, owner I can confirm Uh, the the article does not go into details on how they're fixing it it's just that they released uh, with 5.27 they released the support uh, better support for multi-monitors with Uh, 5.27.1 it got updated yet again uh, to add uh, especially for uh, the craziness that happens uh, especially with Kate and uh, k Wright sometimes not remembering their uh, places. Uh, they updated that, so it's all good news, and I am loving the fact that my applications now remember the, mon- the monitors they were open on on XORG oh, X11. The
0: brief amount of time that I used Plasma 5.27, it did not work for me. I'm just pointing this out. <laughs> so unsurprisingly, Well, they did Katie, update it
1: again like two days ago. Yeah. Well, that
0: was, this was with 5.27.1. Well, for me, so, it's
2: working now, so my 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 console always opens on the right monitor. I'm and... pretty
0: sure there's – I'm pretty sure Nico hates my guts or something like that, and there's, there's like, some secret code in KDE <laughs> that
2: just
0: locates my IP address or something like that or my MAC address and just – like, on this computer, if he's using Plasma – fuck that guy <laughs> i've, been, I've actually been sending emails that. back
1: and forth with nicolo lately i'll well, go into too much context because you know the think things that are being said in those emails should not be said public yeah well uh he made a <laughs> Make video sure
3: matt can never use it
1: well, well uh he made a
2: video recently uh his latest video was about ricing he went to unix porn and he started checking rice uh, kde rices and he made a video about it like and in the video, he was acting surprised every time he talked about uh, a rice because there was a common denominator. None of them were using the KDE panel, <laughs> his KDE panel. Everything was using Latte Doc. Uh, I think that's a, uh, to, I said to myself, that's a kind of a hint for him to stop working on the KDE panel and start joining forces with uh, with Latte.
0: <laughs> if he had looked at my rice, he would have found
1: that I used floating docks. Um Okay. You, one, if you want to look at my rice, he'd realize I'm using the stock dock.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I do
1: is just change the colors. I don't use the stock dock, so uh, I'm a Latte fanatic.
2: Um, so. okay. uh, yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a good thing to see multi modular support getting better and better. And that comes at the heels of X11 or X.org releasing updates for MESA at, uh, for better support for MESA and some uh, AMD uh, drivers uh, and you don't see up, uh, X11 in the update news very often so it's no. good to see
1: somebody's doing a little bit of work still Yeah, they're just a couple stability fixes, that's really it. They're not yeah. really adding any new features.
0: Yeah, well, but, it's, in,
2: it's in maintenance
0: mode, so it's not
1: surprising yeah. that
0: there's
2: no new yeah, features. Well, I'm, I'm, but I'm now... Like, I'm, I changed my tone uh, when it comes to gaming on Linux. I'm changing my tone on Wayland, but there are some things still in Wayland that are deal breakers. So, no. Yeah.
0: I want to try the QTAL version of Wayland because I have it installed, but I am I refuse to install Pipeware because I know the minute I install Pipeware to replace Pulse Audio or to sit alongside it or however the hell it works, uh, audio
2: will no longer work. Well, I haven't had any issues with audio, with ex- with the exception of Audacity. If going
0: pi- up, so. if PipeWire was already here, I, I'd use it. I've, I I use PipeWire on Fedora, perfectly fine. I just don't want to install it because I know that when you start intermingling stuff, it you know breaks all the time. So maybe yeah, I should just go I back to know. Windows. I'm
1: just...
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> cool. Well, Windows. you see, Matt, Matt, if you, if you install Windows before uh. August 14th That means that uh, You have to buy me A steak dinner right Right uh, I'll
0: just I'll just send you An Amazon g- gift card You can actually get Steaks on Amazon I'm sure right
1: I will go up to you <laughs> Because you're only Like a two and a half Hour drive from me And you will get me steak
3: <laughs> I would love that He shows up at your door It's like uh, Hello we've got a date Steak dinner tonight Let's Let's go
0: Let, let me a go get my re- dress on Okay Okay <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also it's august 11th by the way i'm just putting that out oh i thought it was the 14th all right Uh, i started on the 9th uh any uh, according to that thing that um the the new fetch i don't know sometime in august anyways uh josh why don't you take us into the the next uh, news item
1: uh yeah uh linode is finally seeing is finally seeing the endpoint of the corporate merger, where Akamai is integrating Linode into the Akamai Cloud Connected Services, or the Akamai Connected Cloud. Uh, they're going to. It looks like that they're planning to rebrand it, rebranding it to the Akamai Cloud Computing Services.
0: Yeah, because that's that's a fantastic
1: name. Yeah, uh, so, they, they've gone enterprise. And uh, if you go to Linode.com, you're, you're just going to see Akamai brandings just slowly begin to creep up, creep yeah. up in there. More in general. Uh, that said, I I don't think that it's ultimately a bad thing for for Linode uh, because you know Akamai is not Cloudflare or Amazon or Google Compute Services or anything like this. So I'm I'm sort of fine with it.
0: Here's here's why I don't like this move. As someone with dyslexia, Linode's easier to spell. I'm just pointing that out there and Linode it it is it is a known brand maybe it's just because I've you know I got used to typing Linode but I don't know I mean Akamai is not a I can't even say the damn thing so how how am I supposed to type it um so I don't like that they're just replacing the brand plus they came up with a what is it with people not knowing how to name stuff like one word, one name is better than five names. Okay, that that should be the, rule number one of naming something. If you can, if you have a name that's just one name, it's automatically better than five names, no matter what those names are. That has to be a rule of naming things.
1: Yeah, um, that said, they haven't actually came out. Outright and announce that they are rebranding Linode. I think they are still going to be maintaining the Linode brand for the foreseeable future, but I don't know how much longer that's going to stick around.
0: Only place it's probably going to stick around is in the URL. And eventually, I, as soon as they get their DNS stuff up and running, good luck with that. They're probably port, they'll probably forward all of the databases and stuff to to an Akamai URL. Could be possible. I don't. Know. I, I. I don't. I, we knew it was coming. Because, but it, it just it feels like a they're just ruining it i I mean it's still gonna be the same stuff but i don't know it, it doesn't feel great to me
1: yeah, it won't be too long before we all decide
3: we're gonna jump ship off of linode and go to vulture well i already have like i'm just gonna level with everyone here as soon as i as soon as i went to linode like i've got a few i've got a I had a few ser- uh, servers or whatever, VPSs whatever with um, with Linode, and as soon as I went to their website and saw this stuff, like Akame, like it was plastered all over the freaking website. It was everywhere, and I hadn't heard anything about this or anything. I don't know anything of this company. I spent five minutes looking into them. Don't don't really know anything, and I don't trust. I, like I I just don't trust them to not make massive sweeping changes and me not be able to keep up with it or, you know, miss something important. So uh, I, I've already left Linode.
0: I had heard quickly. of them before because they run the uh, spam detection service for WordPress.
1: Yeah, they run the spam detection service for WordPress. And if you've paid attention to uh, another YouTube content creator uh, who you may or may not know by the name of Luke Smith, that's where he hosts his VPSs from. That's actually how I heard of them. Well, I, I,
2: I use Linode and I have not seen anything on yet. Well,
1: you're using European Linode. It's different from the US Linode. Oh, uh,
2: yeah, I'm using European because it's faster for me, <laughs> it's slower for everybody <laughs> else, but faster for me. And dude, Nextcloud has been a lifesaver. Now I, uh, uh, oh, by the way, Matt, I stopped using Bitwarden. Now I'm using uh, Nextcloud passwords. And I just imported my. Uh, my Bitwarden database uh, directly to it and uh, it yeah. runs perfect. Too many eggs in one basket for me.
0: Uh, I, I want things separated out. It's the Unix philosophy. I want them to do one thing and do one thing well. I want my password manager to be a password manager. I don't want Office. Like, I don't, like Nextcloud's great for don't a no. I don't, use, I don't, I don't use
2: any any of that. I uninstalled everything. Everything. I only keep it I understand. for
0: backup <laughs> I understand and password. It, it, it does... Too much stuff for me. I I don't like. I said I'll I'll use it for storing stuff. I don't want it to do anything else for me.
1: Oh, um, well, you know, it, since we're talking about linode can we talk about Angry Linus? Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll <laughs> yeah. move. Um,
3: yeah, let,
0: we'll fine. Let's go ahead and move on to the the to who, whose link was this?
3: Was this? Oh, uh, Tyler's. Tyler's. <laughs> okay,
0: Tyler, why don't you tell us what this is about?
3: So, um, well as we all probably know, Linus can, you know, lose his shit sometimes. Um, so, uh, here, here we have, uh, someone apparently sent a, um, a merge request or excuse me, a pull request. Um, and, it's not the, a pull request it's a merge request uh, Only get calls me. and
1: pull requests
3: sorry sorry I read I read, <laughs> I read pull request and I, I went to correct myself <laughs> so anyway the the comment for it is actually kind of hilarious merge branch for linus slash hardening into for next hardening um super descriptive yeah i don't know if (laughs) if the guy who wrote this just genuinely did not even think to reread what he wrote but i have never heard a commit that's uh, i mean other than just random giblish characters spit out that's as useless (laughs) as this one (laughs) explains nothing at all and of course linus had a response and so here's his response um and that one-liner short log part is literally the whole commit message, which, like, let's be honest, that was my first reaction when reading it. I've said this before, and apparently I need to say it again. If you cannot be bothered to explain why a merge request exists, then that merge is bu- is buggy garbage by definition. This really should be a rule that every single developer should take to heart. I'm not putting random words together in a random order. I repeat, if you cannot explain a merge, then in all caps, just don't do it. It's really that simple. There is absolutely, again, all caps, never an excuse for merges without explaining why those merges exist. It's
0: honestly very polite in this whole thing. I mean, there's not even a
3: single F-bomb. It's
1: not Linus from the
3: past, that's for sure. He's definitely cleaned, cleaned
1: up after himself.
3: Well, and well, I, I guess we but should you know, get th- into th-
1: this. Is just a warning. <laughs> well,
3: well, he so there is there is a an, another part of it where he's saying in this case, I really think that this merge should not have existed at all, and the lack of explanation is because. Is because there, again, all caps, is no explanation for it. But if there was a reason for it, then just state it, damn it, and make the merge commit look sensible. Because right now it looks entirely pointless, and I literally detest pointless merges. They only make the history look worse and harder to read. And you guys are right. This is, I mean, he did throw in the damn it there, but like, it is much nicer than some of the other responses i've read from him i think it was but, last year he had that rant against github
0: right Where yeah, he, he ranted yeah. for a thousand words about how terrible github and why push requests and pull and merge requests and stuff should never happen on github itself and stuff that one was much more entertaining than this one because he went on for ages about how horrible github yeah. was
1: well, you guys got to remember that uh, Linus wrote the versioning control system called Git. He he was the original author behind it. Somebody else maintains it now, but uh, when he wrote Git, he literally wrote down the tenets of how you use this tool and how it should be used to manage a project. So as a result, he is very opinionated in uh, you know how you work with his crap.
3: No, yeah. well, but he should be. I mean, yeah, there there is also a good point to be made here that anyone who's getting offended or butthurt by this. Uh, you really do gotta, like, really gotta understand the point that he's making here is 110% valid. There is absolutely no reason that that this kind of stuff should be happening in the kernel, or really anything that Linus is working like. If he's hands-on with it, if he's working on it, there shouldn't be this kind of stuff in there. There's way too many users for you to be putting in or excuse me merge requests where nothing's explained like people people have to audit that people have to check it's
0: too big of a project to have that kind of nonsense go on because you know hundreds of linux kernel contributors out there if every single one of them did this nonsense nothing would ever get done because they'd have to go through every single one you know just guessing before they even got into it right so I don't blame him for ever saying this, and he was honestly—he definitely should have.
1: um I got someone knocking on the door. I'll be right back. Excellent. Anyway, he—he
0: he definitely should not have been this polite about it. So, um,
2: yeah.
0: Anyways,
1: well, yes. yeah. Uh, that's
0: he,
2: that's he Linus, that's Linus at the end, so you should expect such things, such reactions from him.
3: Well, but, and also he has so much to deal with. I don't, I don't think anyone can hold it against him. He's a machine. He's a machine. Well, yeah. And, and also when, when you're dedicated and like you, like you really do have a purpose in what you're doing and you have to spend time looking over bullshit like this or just handling it, it, it's annoying. Like it really is. And he's been doing this for years so stuff like this i'm pretty sure happens not frequently but occasionally enough to where it would piss off anybody who's been working for years on this kind of stuff like just please explain like and really in all honesty i i think i think expecting someone to explain what they want you like what they're trying to give you is not like that's not too much to ask it's really not no uh,
1: well, it's really just like an issue stemming down from GitHub, where basically the GitHub workflow is that there's a separate discussion panel, and you're and you're mentioning this in like the actual uh uh issue tags as well. And when you actually publish the merge request through GitHub, it gets very vague, and you don't want to repeat the entire conversation in that in that uh, merge request when you decide that you're going to. Use, upstream your your merge request that you originated on github into the kernel mailing list it's actually a thing that happens all the time and it's actually not the first time that the linus or another maintainer has said this uh greg kh uh has been on a couple rants this himself and people have actually been banned from uh contributing to the kernel for doing stuff like this too so he so realistically uh this is real this is just linus warning people going like hey uh, there's a way that this is done. Uh, and if you're in the chat, I did a link to how to get your patches submitted into the kernel, and that tells you exactly how you should actually get your patches into the kernel.
0: There should be a no-tolerance policy for this, because he's, he's had to say this before, at least twice. before. Uh,
1: there used to be. Well, and then well, people started complaining on a massive scale.
0: If you did it once, you should not be able to, to submit again. Like, that's just the way – I mean – I, I I mean, fine. Give them, give them two chances, but that makes, feels dumb to me, but
3: I mean – I mean, shit. If on Discord servers we have rules and if you don't read the rules and break one, you get kicked off and there is – like, if Discord servers have that, like, that are just – essentially chat forums like something as important as the linux the the actual linux merge system should probably have strict like have as strict if not stricter rules. well i mean
2: simply because the kernel is the uh the operating system as a whole if you break it if you ship something that's broken that's gonna bring the the, the house crumbling down over your head well and
0: it's it's such a it's a huge system that they have to manage and the only way that system works and functions properly forget about the code itself but the only way the system works you know the ability to you know move things into the kernel and out of the kernel and and you know all the stuff that they have to do the only way that all works is if they follow a structure that everybody agrees to follow and when someone doesn't follow that then things go wrong i mean in this it's it's probably nothing you know horrendous happens but the rules are there for a reason and when it comes to something that's this important this is not just like a random project on github that you contribute to. It's, yeah. it's not a Neofetch competitor right that you know no. if, if, if this is this is the linux kernel and you have to follow the rules now i mean may, maybe the the rules shouldn't be like one time and you're done but i mean there there has to be some kind of more and, consequence than Linus and, coming out and say bad and, boy,
2: and, you know. And 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 the latest decisions uh, since I have uh, Foronix the uh, RSS on my Discord, I keep seeing the topics about code being removed from the kernel, code being removed from the kernel, support for these har- this hardware and that hardware being removed from the kernel, and people uh, go up in arms against that. I I'm like, why? Isn't uh, even animals shed their skin, their old skin? So a kernel can, no. is allowed to shed old useless code. There are some, uh, so, sometimes there are arguments that are true when uh, like NASA, like uh, uh, space stations and other uh, things, they still use old hardware. Uh, in NASA, they're still using those uh, five and a quarter inch floppies in their, uh, in their system because it just works. They, de- they don't need the overhead of uh, Windows or whatever. They still use uh, systems from back in the 60s because well, uh, they do exactly what they're supposed to do. They don't need uh, more powerful hardware the, or software. or so. The
0: thing about removing stuff from the kernel never bothers me because they have LTS kernels that are still being supported in the four series. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, no, you, the four series in...
2: is one thing, but there, there is code that's been there since kernel two, two
1: point six or whatever. Uh, I think uh, that, that, on a recent episode we were talking about like, uh, what was it? Itanium support. Yeah. Uh, itanium yeah. support. Uh, but when was the last time you sit, see, you seen or heard of an itanium product? Uh, I know people still Never. have it. I, 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 well, know that, pe- the, I know
2: people who are who have IT. They're going
0: to remove stuff out of the most recent kernels. It's just the way it is. And then those LTS kernels from the 4 series that are still supported for a while now are going to be the things that you'll have to use. And if, for whatever reason, those eventually fall out of support, which they will eventually, those kernels will still exist and you could still theoretically use them just, or because, and their
1: gpl you could just manage you could, it yourself
0: right you could just or. open it up and manage it yourself and keep and, and well assuming that's you the, have the, the, yeah. the know-how and stuff but i mean if you if you're so worried about the old stuff that's in there that you need you probably should also have the know-how to maintain it so that you can continue to use it that's or, just, what, or just or just
2: keep using it as long as it works, well, uh, just keep
0: using well, one it. Of the, one, of the, one of the arguments that people tell me when they're talking about, like, oh, what, we had to continue using IE6 forever because you know we had so and so, you know, software that we had to use. For, you know, that's fine. You can use whatever you want to use as old as it, it possibly can be. But if you're going to rely on something that is that is that old, that is no longer supported, you should also have
1: the... Uh, that is the, your technical debt, that is not the developer's. Yeah, it should be your no. responsibility to
0: maintain it once it's no longer supported by the developers. And that's just the way that it should be. Or, if you're not willing to support the whole product, maybe, and, and I'm specifically looking at corporations here, hire a developer somewhere out there to update your application that you need. I'm, I mean, if... It can you can either do one or the two things. You can either maintain the software that it runs on and ensure that it's not something that's going to cause you to have a, a you know a, a horrendous loss of user data, or you can you know hire a couple developers and 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 actually make it so that it's modern and stop using for the love of all that's holy stop using Flash stop
2: using okay. Flash. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, here's 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 uh, an argument, uh, a counter argument to that. Like uh, we use uh, cameras uh, in church. Uh, those cameras only uh, you can only see the video preview of what what the camera is seeing either if you use OBS or because they have you, you access those camera via, cameras via IP in the browser. So when you access MPI, yeah, IE, you can see the preview of what the camera is seeing within IE. But because the plugin that it uses, a J, uh, JScript, whatever that uh, it requires, uh, no longer is so being supported on anything beyond IE 11, I think. Uh, uh, so now we can no longer see the preview. We have to connect OBS to see what the camera is seeing uh, and Windows being... Uh, Microsoft being Microsoft forcing Edge on us, uh, we, we no longer have access to IE even if we launch IE.exe. If you launch IE.exe, it will launch Edge instead of uh, launching IE. So we now have to rely on a secondary software to be able to see and if we access them via OBS, we get delay,
0: more delay the, than the direct. The perfect solution to all the this stuff that we're talking about is containers. Because literally you can run a really old version that's, of Windows or whatever what, in a what container. Containers
1: of virtual machines. Virtual, virtual machine. That's what I did.
2: I installed a virtual machine on that system in church and it's Windows that's 7. What you, that's what you do. Yeah. Um,
0: ensure that it doesn't have access to the internet if you're worried about uh, security or whatever. Exactly. And just move, move on with your day. Okay, guys. Let's go ahead and move on to the last one because I have a feeling we're going to be talking about this last one for – A bit, and this one is mine. So, the Ubuntu flavors have agreed to stop using Flatpak at the behest of Canonical itself. Mm. And the idea here isn't that you can't go to Kubuntu and use Flatpaks. You can still install Flatpak if you want. You can can enable FlatHub just like you always have been able to. But there are certain flavors right now that have shipped with Flatpak installed and FlatHub enabled. Either in place of Snaps or alongside Snaps. I think Mate... Has all of them? Well, they
1: get... if they're official flavors, they they all have to ship snap. Uh, okay. it's just that they were just packaging flat pack alongside it in the past.
0: Okay. Anyways, I I know for sure Matt Mate shipped both of them. Would you please stop texting me, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways, the especially over something so fucking stupid. I don't. <laughs> um, anyway, anyways, the um the idea here is is now supposedly the reason why they're doing this, and we all we all know the real reason. They want to have a consistent user experience across everything that carries the Ubuntu flavor, and that may be part of the reason why they've done this, but. F- My argument here is that the reason why they've done this is because they're competing with Flatpak and they're basically shipping a competitor's uh, package. Um, And they don't want people to use Flatpak, they want people to use Snaps. And now, there are varying opinions on this, and maybe we'll hear some of those here in a minute. But I I think that the, the idea that they're basically forcing the flavors to not include Flatpak out of the box is... Not the most open thing that canonical has ever done. Let's just be very nice to say it that way, right? It's just it feel it feels it, it it feels like Mark is out there saying, you know what, we're gonna do an IPO here pretty soon. We want to have everything have our name on it and have our products being shipped out there, and this is all that matters. Okay, okay, Matt, can can I fight you on this? Sure, you're wrong, <clears throat> but you can you can if you
1: like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Let's say that you're Canonical, right, and you work in Canonical support department for the enterprise customer because Canonical has the Ubuntu Pro and, La- and landscape services that they, you know, they sell to enterprise consumers. Well, if you're if you're working in the enterprise environment and you're using Ubuntu on not only your servers, but also your workstations, you're using the LTS version of, of Ubuntu. It's the same exact LTS version that you yourself can go out and install. Exact same version. It's not, it's not like Red Hat where like there, you have a free version and then you have a, you have the corporate version with the subscription and all that. Uh, no. So when the enterprise customer starts having an issue, they have a phone line that they can call Canonical with. They call Canonical. Canonical wants to be able to do their best effort to support the enterprise customer because that, that's where they make their money. So when the enterprise customer is calling with with an issue on a desktop application on their workstation. Let, let's uh, take Blender for an example. Bl- the Blender Flatpak and the Bl- Blender Snap are two very different packages, as well as, the, as well as the Blender Deb package. And we all know that Blender is a massive project that's used by a lot of animation studios. So uh, w- let's just say that uh, you want to install like a couple plugins on Blender, and uh, you can't figure out. Because Flatpak puts everything in the .var directory of your user user folder, whereas you, the Snap you, you actually you uses can, the proper config file.
0: You can carry on with this explanation, but I can tell you right now that the reason why you're wrong is because Ubuntu does not support the flavors of Ubuntu in an enterprise fashion. It says so right on their website. I'm staring right at it. This under support exclusions, community flavors of, of Ubuntu is not supported. Now, I'm assuming... They use the word flavors there for a reason. They're not talking about Linux Mint. They're talking about the flavors that they actually have. So they don't support, from an enterprise fashion, the flavors of Ubuntu. Now, even say so that they did. The vast, the 99% of the people who, the corporations that use Ubuntu as their thing, use stock standard Ubuntu. You agree with this, yes? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the majority stock, of them that's stock, what i know
1: i know of several shops that actually do use flavors
0: okay stock standard ubuntu never shipped with flat packs in the first place so this news would not be a thing at all if that's what we were talking about it's about the flavors and um and maybe you're right maybe there are some enterprise enterprises out there that use the flavors out there i i was from from the talks that Martin Wimpress has given about the numbers of people who've actually used mate which mate is mate and kabuntu are probably the most popular flavors out there they said that the number of people who use mate and kabuntu is such a small portion of the overall number of people who use Ubuntu that it's not even really something that you can you know put numbers to like it's it's, it's such a small fraction of them so I understand what you're saying, Josh, that if they they do have to provide support, having to provide support to someone who happens to be using the Flatpak version of a piece of software, that would be an excellent argument if that's what I felt that they were actually doing here. But it, I don't think that it is. It just more feels like they want to push out Flatpak because Snaps is the thing that they want to promote, which is fine. They're they're a corporation. They're perfectly It's perfectly fine for them to do that. It just feels like a canonical thing to do.
3: Yeah, you know? and but well, and but, also, okay. Oh, they Steve they and... they they uh
2: they are working on a version of uh, FlatHub where they're gonna prioritize uh developer packages over uh fan made packages, where you're going to see more uh, packages being posted by the developers themselves as opposed to some. Fan out there who well is, that
1: and it comes with the blue check mark too
2: yeah the blue check mark so uh, verified packages uh so you can trust verified packages because you can directly uh, contact the developer of that uh that uh, that package the the application rather than contacting someone who is going to contact another person who is going to contact another person so now they are uh, indirect contact they will be in direct contact so with Blackpack. Uh, Flathub uh, getting uh, better the way it is. Uh, I don't see that as a valid excuse to 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 keep snaps or uh, to prioritize snaps over. There's no longer that barrier of uh, uh, how how is it said? Uh, a bar- There's no longer a barrier. It's uh, you can contact the developer of the snap. You can contact uh, uh, contact the developer of the flatpak. There's
3: no longer a barrier. So, uh, w- well, but even more than that, like kind of the important thing is is to uh, to go back to Josh's argument, uh which is not a bad one, it's just also it doesn't seem very true cuz to be honest, whether or not they even supported flavors at all doesn't matter. If I, if I get the enterprise support package for Ubuntu and I have an enterprise use case where I need to use flat packs, they have to support me like, well, under the current setup of the contract, they would have to give me support. So I, t- to me, I, I, I don't think that's a good argument uh, in their defense, which I, i will give you credit josh it's good to give the devil his due but also at the same time ubuntu they clearly say in it say in the article why they're reasoning it like they to me i think if it was about support or if they had a very good technical reason for not including it in the flavors or whatever they'd give it their simple ex their excuse or explanation is simply it's including flat packs is not intrinsic to the ubuntu experience which like in all honesty that is marketing speak for it's not ours like that's that's really what it is it, like they want devs and snaps they 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 make them or control them and that's it like it's, it's just a reminder that uh, ubuntu
1: is not a community distribution right, right. Like, uh, they they advertise themselves e- the exactly yeah. exactly
0: and yeah. then, there's there's nothing wrong with what they're what they're doing here it just it, it's just another reminder of canonical being canonical right that they're in charge that so We've talked about this before on the podcast, where it seems, for the most part, that Ubuntu doesn't care about the the desk the desktop version of Ubuntu, right? It just feels like it's been ba- I won't say abandoned, but it's just it, it's always on the back burner. What they care about is enterprise Linux, in, you know, IoT, server, those things, right? That's that's where they make their money. So of course that's where they're going to put all of their focus. So that's fine. But every once in a while, they like, oh yeah, we have a desktop version of this thing, don't we? Let's go mess it up. Let's go do something let's go do something that's going to piss things some Like a couple of years ago, remember they're going to remove the thirty two bit libraries for gaming, yeah, right? Yeah, that, yeah. Like like something that Steam is going to rely on for all eternity probably. They decided to remove them. Now it doesn't mean you couldn't get them. You could always install them. Steam could have just made them a hard dependency when they you installed Steam. Uh and it would have been it, it would have worked perfectly fine. But they removed it and it pissed everybody off and they had to backtrack right every once in a while canonical remembers that they have a desktop version of of their operating system and decides that they have to do something to piss half the people off um it's just
3: it's the way they do things in a you know whatever and, and, and this, they I mean, the, the, sorry to cut you off but they also don't have they one of the key things about it, canonical being canonical is when they explain their decision decisions for things it's even if it is genuine it never feels genuine like like f- for example e- e- here in this article ubuntu is saying that the this decision will improve the out of the out of the box ubuntu experience and like i mean even if that's a genuine statement on their part it doesn't feel genuine like i've never once like, like a great example would be low spec Linux laptop, Jeff. Jeff uses, uh, or I don't know if he's still using Ubuntu, but he's always used that, the XFCE flavor of Ubuntu. Loves it. Um, I don't see how at all not including Flatpak is an improvement. And I, I also don't see how not including it is an improvement both ways it really doesn't matter and like that's just it's kind of an example of how they don't they none of the stuff that they say is normally it's, genuine no no and well, everything
2: whole, everything they uh, that is said about you want to feels like market speak marketing speech. well yeah.
0: it, it does and if so so two things here first of all what you said tyler is true the reason why nobody takes them at their word ever for whatever they come out is because it always feels like there's something going on in the background that caused them to say it right this <laughs> time it's the ever lingering probably never going to happen ipo right i mean they have been talking about the ipo for 10 years um supposedly it's going to happen this year we'll see but you know that's it feels like a lot of the changes that they're making is because of that right so there's it always feels like they have alternative reasoning behind the things that they're doing that aren't necessarily you know the real reason why they've come out and said that they're doing something the other thing is that the flavors have always had an option Uh, the reason for flavors is to do things differently than the vanilla version of ubuntu that's the whole purpose of flavors because they don't want to use gnome so they created kabuntu they didn't like gnome 3 or they didn't like unity so they created mate or they have a version of mate you know they don't want to use gnome so they have, there's an xfc version you know you name it the flavor exists because they don't want to use gnome therefore doing things differently than this the straight version of ubuntu you know that's the reason why flavors exist now you could argue that a package system like flatpak is taking it too far and that the only reason flatpaks are or the only reason flavors are supposed to exist is because of using a different desktop environment if that's the only if that's literally the only change that flavors can make is things having to do with desktop environment and the things that go wrong along with it, then fine. Say so, but that's not historically how it's been, right? Well, Flavors have historically been able to make any decision basically that they want. Uh, why, and from, why are, they, of,
3: are their hands suddenly tied with, with, with the you know, black bag? Well, not so, like why are they suddenly tied, but why tie them at all? Exactly. Like, well, we all know why. Well, it also <laughs> discredits
1: all the effort that uh, Canonical has made into actually getting some of these some of these larger customers to actually ma- package their software as snaps. Uh, because uh, since the implementation of Snapcraft, and uh, well, which was the first of these containerized formats besides Docker, it was actually inspired by Docker. Uh, there's been several projects I can't I can't remember what what they all are. But uh, they were packaged as snap packages first through the efforts from Canonical going like, hey, we will help you port your project to, to Linux. Just uh, l- let's package it up as a snap package and get in this containerized format. That way we, cr- we can control all the library dependencies and such. So there, there's and, been a and, lot of work and effort put a, into
3: that. There is a big point to, to make there, also, because this is how Canonical sells it. We we make, we ensure stability for your application. Well, like that's a big the, deal.
0: The problem so. with those two arguments though is that none of the flavor. I mean, Josh, you said it yourself, all the flavors already include snaps. They're not. They weren't taking snaps away. They just had the option to also have flat packs there alongside if somebody wanted to use a flat pack because. Well, here's the thing.
1: Say that I'm Adobe, and one one day, by the grace of God, has struck over me, and I decided I was going to package my my Photoshop as a Snap package on Ubuntu. Next thing I know, I'm getting a call. I'm getting a. I see the support ticket from this guy complaining about a flat pack because somebody decided they were going to unpack the Snap Snap and repackage it as a flat pack and put it on FlatHub. For one thing, that's probably going to be very very illegal for them to do but that doesn't stop them from doing it because you know you can unpack a snap package and repackage it in, into whatever you want so what do you do as adobe you go you go look at canonical and go like hey why am i getting a support ticket for this guy from a flat pack
3: but i don't think that's a problem but for p- adobe or p- canonical just De- developers just ignore, ignore
0: uh
1: support i mean, requests As all a developer the time. you probably can
0: I mean, I mean, you just, you just, if if it's not coming from a platform that you, I, I mean, seriously, you can run Creative Cloud or maybe an older version of Photoshop. I mean, Steve does it all the time. He runs Photoshop on Linux all the time, right? Yeah. Um, if he has a problem with Photoshop on Linux, he's not going to go to Adobe and say, "Hey, this is broken." No, I mean it's just not it's just not supported. Each, He's doing something outside of
2: the support. Well, each, each package format. What Matt is saying is each package format. You go to the package format m- uh, maintainer and you. Not everybody knows to do that though. Well,
3: that, yeah. is th- that's, that is true. That is true. But Josh, no, th- you do have a good point. You do have a good no, point. No, it's, like it, there, it, it's our is. job
2: to di- to direct those users to the correct path. Right. Fla-
0: Flatpak. Well, fl- no, no, no. Guys, it, guys. It's your job to ignore it. Right, Flat FlatHub and Flatpak have a, a a responsibility to do better on telling you where the package is coming from. They definitely they do say so, but it's not explicit it's, all the time. You have to scroll working. down. And you have to the, see it, right?
2: When you go to beta, Sp- beta. beta. this is what they're uh, yeah, they're, they're working to do. on it,
0: right? That, yeah, that Snaps has had the same problem in the past where it's not the official developer putting in the snap because anybody can make a snap package anybody but guys this is not a new problem dev, you know since the history of of you know linux packages have been brought over from windows and ported over by developers from of not the actual developer right they've just created packages like and you wouldn't expect someone who created a dev package of you know discord or something like that to like, if you had a package of, of Discord, you wouldn't expect the users to go to Discord for support. You just, you know, that's n- because you're using an unsupported package. This basically. is, now I under- this I, is I, a situation
2: under- with AUR, for example.
0: Yeah, yeah like it, you okay. wouldn't. You guys are right that it is a problem that people need to know where the package came from. That's, that's, that's something that they need to, to definitely make sure is 100% there, there should, right? There
2: should be an awareness uh, campaign. That. But it,
0: the inherent problems of flat pack and snaps aside, the, this whole argument is—it it has nothing to do with those things. They—they didn't—they didn't come out and say flat packs are bad. They just said that they wanted to use snaps, which is again. I want to go back to the point. I mean, someone someone in the chat said this is a pointless argument, and maybe <laughs> maybe it is. Most of our arguments are pointless. First of all, what's what's your point? Um, just I mean I mean come on. If you watched the podcast before, all of our arguments are this way. The 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 thing is like this is not the first time they did it. In, in the last maybe it was two versions of Ubuntu, they killed off a package that was necessary for app images to work. Right? They just didn't include it anymore. Now, whether they did that on purpose or it was a mistake, I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to assign evil intentions to somebody who maybe they just decided not to maintain that package anymore. You know, whatever. They do that all the time, deciding that the package that hardly anybody uses is no longer worthwhile to maintain. But they included in, an, I think it was an LTS version of Ubuntu, a, a... situation where if you wanted to run flat pack or not flat app images you couldn't do so because there was a, one of the dependencies that is required for app images just wasn't there right so th- there if you take that and you take this flat pack thing in concert with one another it comes across as them being anti other platform packages which is yeah again it's their platform they can do whatever the hell they want okay as Josh said, not a community project. The, Canonical has full control over Ubuntu. Uh, but my point is, is that they don't always exercise it, and that's the reason why we get confused because it's operated like a community distro all the time until Canonical remembers that they own it and decide that they're going to do to do things to it.
2: When, right? Yeah, and, 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 and when Ubuntu first uh, hit the uh... The, the the masses it was advertised as a, a community based distro so uh, they used to distribute that thing via kiosks on CDs that used to burn uh, the image to a CD and it would give it to you uh, and they were uh, propagating it to, to the users uh, as a community edition uh, uh, our community distro but now it's less and less and less and less uh, that because they're not acting as a community distro. They're acting as a, uh, as a server-based distro, as a uh, money-raising uh, thing, as a corporation. Even,
0: even if your, your distribution proclaims itself as a community distro like, say, Fedora does, Right. But we all know that Red Hat sits behind Fedora and the vast majority of people who develop on Fedora work for Red Hat. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of influence there. It's the same thing with with, with Ubuntu, right? It's, you know, the, the people who work on Ubuntu and the people who work at Canonical, basically the same people probably. Right. So, I mean, expect, expecting them to behave like a, a a community distro when there's a huge corporation that is basically in control is not going to to it's it's not a reasonable expectation arch is a community distro gentoo is a community distro those are distros controlled by the community uh, even though that the power for like arch is basically you know a few few developers that do our arch and you know there's a few developers that do gentoo but they all take in uh you know community contributions right it's it's very community developed right the another example that isn't talked about is like nixOS nixOS is actually a, a corporate distro it's it's developed by a cabal of corporations right so um so there are there's there's different distros in the way they work and and honestly that's fine it's all good it's just the way they did this just came across as anti other things and and the reason why that even matters is just because for ages the flavors have basically been able to do whatever they wanted to do suddenly and now, now they, like, can. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: they can yeah right now 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 it feels like those things they're trying to shoehorn all the flavors into being ubuntu just with different <laughs> desktop environments yeah.
2: just so. create one installer that, uh, and let the user select whatever flavor they want and call it a day <laughs>
0: and probably should that's probably should the way that they do it. but that that's... you can
2: do that through
1: calamaris <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes.
0: Just ask Arco Linux. They have like 25 different desktops. It's fantastic. All right, guys, we have to move on. We're, we're running up on, on, on time here. Uh, Steve, are you going to run out of power here in nine minutes? No. No? Okay, good. All right, let's go ahead and then and move on to the thingies all of right. the week. So uh, we could have called this section basically anything, I'm sure, uh, but all those were trademarks. So we came up with a very clever name and called them thingies of the week. Get your mind out of the gutter. So... Uh, Josh, why don't you tell us what your thingy of the week is?
1: Uh, so the, as you guys may or may not know, I'm that guy that has a server rack in my closet. And, uh, as a result, uh, of, you know, my wonderful internet connection, which, you know, e- even, uh, defeats Steve in terms of unreliability means that the, it means that, you know, when I go to upload, update my system, so- systems, you know, because you're not running this Debian thing and not gen two where things actually work properly, uh, Sometimes the download fails or because of latency, massive latency swings and all that. But, uh, you know, I've decided that, you know what, we're, we're just going to self-host a package repository for Debian, which, you know, it is not small at all. It's only like 2.3 terabytes, not a big deal whatsoever. But anyways, <laughs> my app pick for helping me manage it this week is a, is a program called apt-mirror. Mm. Where basically you can use this. And hook it to a cron job and literally download the entire Debian repository just like you would up through your package manager. That sounds Ooh. like a nightmare. I'm just, i mean, <laughs> what? like,
0: what happens once? I mean, does that does it constantly then? Once you get it all up downloaded, which would take a bit, <laughs> <laughs> just a small bit of time. Uh, it, then when <laughs> when it pulls in updates, does it just constantly do that? or does it refresh it, does it refresh the whole repository or just the things that are updated it just pulls in the
1: things that are updated okay because
0: I, I i can just i can just imagine every time they pull push a refresh to the repository it pulls down the whole damn thing
1: <laughs> yeah, you eye, know, I, to- I totally haven't had issues using the app package manager you know failing mid-transaction then having to uh kill kill the pid, reboot the system uh and then fix apps, and then, that way you not know, complete the system update. I haven't had to do that earlier this week at all. <laughs> oh, if, if, all
0: if, right. If, if uh, only I can Steve, do that. <laughs> uh, Steve,
2: your Steve, thingy of the week. My thingy of the week this week is related, unsurprisingly, to the Steam Deck. Uh, no.
3: <laughs> Did not see this coming at
0: all. <laughs> it's not like we went through this whole thing when Tyler got his. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah well uh, mine is uh, my my honeymoon period is going to be very short so uh it's going to be over by the end of the uh, next week so uh but th- uh, this thing is called cryo utilities by cryo 33 something or other uh it's an amazing tool for those who play triple a titles on their steam deck i don't the only triple a title that i run is diablo from battlenet but anyway uh, this one uh, will add options like one-click uh, setup to recommended settings, one-click revert to stock settings, swap tuner. This is very big and huge for the tinkerers out there. It allows you to change the the, the swap size, the swap file size, swappiness changer, memory parameters tuning, huge pages toggle, uh, compaction uh, proactiveness changer, huge page defragmentation toggle, Page lock, uh, unfairness changer, shared memory, uh, shmem toggle, storage manager, sync uh, shared cache and comp data to the, to the same location the game is installed on, delete shader cache and comp data to whichever games you select. Full CLI mode, this thing is the bee's knees when it comes to tweaking your deck, low level style.
0: First so, of all, I'm banning you for saying bees knees. How old are you? Ninety-five <laughs> I,
1: I thought it was good. <laughs> I, I liked hearing it. It's been a minute. Mr. <laughs> bees knees, we got to raise the roof, yo. <laughs> all right, Grandpa. <laughs> okay, I'm old. I'm uh, oh, sorry, man. I'm sorry. Don't let the pick on you,
2: man. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, you, you, but, wouldn't, you
0: wouldn't have joined the podcast if you didn't know you were eventually going to be the target of ridicule. and, and, and Yeah,
2: exactly. Eight. So it's fine. Uh, but – It really is a very powerful tool. Uh, I recommend it to anyone who's running uh, AAA titles, especially uh, memory-intensive titles. Uh, I didn't try it, but I I watched a lot of videos about it. And the developer himself uh, has a massive guide. I think it's a 45-minute guide or 35-minute guide uh, on how to use that thing, he goes into metaphors. He explains what the uh, swap is. Uh, it, it's 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 a it's a recommended watch. Uh, I might if I get uh, if I install if I just should in, uh, decide to install God of War uh, on on the Steam Deck because it's my favorite game right now. Uh, I would immediately uh, use that because I want the best performance and the longest battery life. And he was able to get three hours uh, on a triple A title, and a completely smooth six uh, four, between forty and sixty FPS uh, on on a lot of heavy graphically intensive titles. So I
0: would just like to take this moment to apologize to all the graybeards in the chat right now that are sharpening their uh, pitchforks. Uh, I apologize. Um, don't cancel me, please. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> i'm just really really sorry man i didn't make to make
2: no no it's okay (laughs) when tyler
0: and i first started doing the podcast together um i always make used to make generalizations about old people and i i always had to apologize for that there was one guy always who always emailed me saying hey you really shouldn't make tell say all old people are exactly the same and he was right um but i continued to make generalizations so i apologized. not all old people use the words bees knees um
2: (laughs) Well, just, I'm, uh, uh, just I'm, the cool I'm, ones well, well well i'm not a, and, and number two i'm not american so i, I use whatever come uh, comes to me from tv shows that i remember uh, expressions from tv shows so back that's in how the 70s I, yeah you
1: know he's so far away from us that it takes time for our television shows to make it over to his country yeah, yeah, that in, too. In, in our
2: neighborhood
0: and, <laughs> <laughs> the jeffersons and stuff but yeah uh, but yeah
2: uh, I, uh guys uh, whoever plays AAA titles you need to try that tyler if you play daisy well mm-hmm. i th- don't think that game would require that but eh, you never know uh, you might get better, better uh,
3: actually there is a couple things that this tool does that i've done and i wouldn't say it's provided a noticeable improvement but there is definitely an improvement it's just like Especially with Daisy, it already as long as you fine tune Yeah, the settings, it depends on the you know. it
2: depends on the yeah.
3: on the game. He was able to get
2: uh, uh, frame times for some games uh, from uh 30 uh, from 64 FPS to six uh, to uh, from uh, what 64 uh, no 34 FPS to 60 FPS. So oh. using that tool, so it's all in his uh, video. Uh I watched the entirety of it, although I'm not going to be using it. I, I watched it because I, I'm a tinkerer, and I love uh, to know more about uh, how things work. Uh, and I was really, really surprised at what he's done, and that's all by one single guy. So he brought the Steam Deck two, uh, 200 levels up uh, using this tool.
1: So, all right. Uh, He's a pure developer, and he knows. I can confirm it. this uh, program already does not work on Debian.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not that's not a surprise. It's what <laughs> the <just started>. <laughs> Uh, Tyler, your thingy of the week. Uh, mine is hopefully a tool that everyone has heard about. Um, it's Webcord. Um, is, I'm talking to you guys from it. So. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh huh. So Webcord web is it's really nice. Um, it's. So it's one of those alternative. Okay, camera it's out of focus. All right, <laughs> really fine, out of focus. Whatever. Focus. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Who needs focus? So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so the the cool thing about Webcord is it's it's an alternative to regular the regular Discord client that's not going to get you banned because it's literally just a, you can think about Webcord as a dedicated browser for the web version of Discord um, with with browser options that only pertain to discord and it's it's exceptionally nice it works really well it's got some nice added features that the regular discord client doesn't have it's not like mind-blowing features or anything it's just little nice extras that you you've probably wanted um and then the big thing about webcord is If you're running Wayland, you want to do screen sharing, or you just kind of want a more reliable Discord experience, Um, Webcord is, uh, as far as I know, it's pretty much the only worthwhile option. Um, There's definitely other clients out there, but uh, pretty much nothing other than Webcord is guaranteed not to get you banned, which is, at least in my opinion, kind of a big deal. So... Um, yeah, I would definitely recommend WebCord if you yeah, haven't another, heard of it or if you have. Another, um,
2: another big thing with WebCord is it connects to different servers. It's the only Discord client that allows me from Lebanon to connect to you guys uh, via video or audio or whatever. Uh, we, we both do our podcasts uh, on, uh, on Discord, but for me to be able to do the podcast on Discord – is webcord because for whatever reason uh discord the the official discord application or web interface because i use this i also use discord officially through Perdium uh instance which is the web version of discord uh even that gives me the wrtc connecting and it never connects it oh. never ever connects whereas with webcord instant connection and it's I'm always in the green. I'm not even in the orange. For a connection like mine to be always in the green, that's saying something.
3: I honestly didn't even think about that until you said it. But that is the RTC connecting thing. Like I don't have it like not connect often, but I, I, I do occasionally from time to time using regular Discord. uh, I do have it show up and like it hangs there for a few seconds. I've never, ever had that happen in Webcord ever exactly same here no for me in discord
2: it stays on wrtc connecting it never moves away from it Uh, and the weird thing about it is when i connect to my second isp it works but i'm in the orange so it's always latency and orange means uh, latency is high the ping is high so uh it's always in the orange but it connects on my second isp because i have two isps i juggle between the two uh, because they're like five dollars a month for each so they're cheap, uh, and understandably cheap because they don't give enough speed or whatever. But uh, Webcord, never have I, like you said, have I had anything except green and it connects instantly. I don't know what ma- black magic they do, uh, what servers they use or whatever. It just works. The only annoying part of Webcord is when you copy when you capture a screenshot uh, using uh, like on KDE using Spectacle uh print screen when you do right click in the chat box to paste there is no right click it says empty you have to paste it with control v that's the only Ooh. annoyance although i give it all the access from uh, from flat seal and the kde settings still it won't take the right click it just gives me empty so that's the only annoyance with webcord it doesn't have access to the clipboard via context menu but other than that it's perfect
1: well, oh, it's okay. also available as an AUR package.
3: <laughs> yeah, it it is. It, also, I will say that's another thing about Webcord is you can get it pretty much anywhere.
1: It's yeah. really. Uh, I use the flat like package. <laughs> I'm a flat package. Yeah, player. it's uh, everywhere. They, they've got 27 release binaries to pick from, so it is definitely available anywhere. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: I think I'll build it from source. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> there you All, go.
1: Right. All right,
0: my the my thingy of the week this week. I was going to use dead cells, um, but. I decided not to do one that was related to the steam deck because I'm not a fanboy. Uh, but mine is called upscaler and this is available as a flat pack. I'm not sure where else this is available. I didn't actually look. It is available it, as a flat pack, but basically what it is is you feed it an image. It upscales it to the highest resolution that it possibly can. So Tyler, you remember when you were coming up with a store and you had to ask Dylan to always upscale everything to really high resolution. Yep. This application does that.
2: It And, and it's great. And it's- great you don't you don't lose uh, you don't lose quality uh most it of the just
0: time literal i mean it's obviously not 100 percent. if you feed a crappy image into it you're going to get a crappy image mm. out of it but as long as it's the low res version of that you're f- feeding in is good it comes out high res and like and s- the size of the like image it, it's like really big you put it into d- to to gimp and you're running a, like a 1920 by 1080 canvas it's like five times the size of it so you actually have to shrink it down but um yeah if, if you need to upscale images it's fantastic I it's,
2: a g, it's, a GGK, it's a gtk it's a gtk app created by the uh, uh by someone from the from the gnome development whatever yeah it's part I, of I don't it care. it's part of their suite and it's i i include it on zero zero g yeah, i know what you're
0: talking it's about. it's really good anyways that's that's mine uh, anyways, that's it for this podcast. Before we go, we should take a moment to thank my current patrons. Thanks to everybody who does support me on Patreon and YouTube. You guys are all absolutely amazing. Without you, the channel would not be anywhere near where it is right now. So thank you so very much for your support. I truly do appreciate it. Uh, if you want to support me on Patreon, patreon.com slash linuxcast. Find links to all the fellas at, the, at thelinuxcast.org slash contact, which is... As previously mentioned, the best place to find all the contact information. So we'll be back next week. We record this every Saturday around 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube.com slash LinuxCast. We'll see you
2: next week. Keep on decking.
0: Bye.
2: Keep on decking.